Would you take a moment this morning, just stand with me? Can we just take a moment to, in our hearts, just remember those that have given and paid a great price so that we could meet here this morning? Could we just have a few moments of silence? We want to thank this morning anyone who is here, anyone that has family, friends that are connected to our military in any way, shape, or form, and so that they gave many of them their lives so that we could have a country where we could proclaim Jesus Christ in a free manner. Thank you. You may be seated this morning. This morning is truly, though it's Memorial Day weekend, it is another special weekend on our Christian calendar this Sunday. It is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is the Sunday in which we celebrate the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to the church. It's the day when prophecy was fulfilled that you will receive power and the power of the Holy Spirit fell in the book of Acts. And I'm excited this morning to share with you from God's Word, but as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2.24, Paul said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So this morning, I'm really not praying that I would have the most eloquent, wise words for you. That everything that I say would be absolutely perfect and it would be in this nice little box with a little beautiful bow on top. But rather than wise and persuasive words this morning, I would ask and I would pray today that you would sense a demonstration of the Spirit's power in your own life personally. In this moment today, I'm excited to share with you on Pentecost Sunday In fact, if you take your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Acts chapter 2, where this event happened and started. I want to read with you this morning uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, just to give the kind of what's going on uh, centered around Pentecost. And this is how it reads. The Holy Spirit comes, it says at the beginning of my Bible here, in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. There was a new boldness and a new passion that entered the church, hiding maybe possibly since Jesus' ascension or even his crucifixion, many of them trying to secretly behind closed doors continue to speak about Jesus Until this moment, 
The church is empowered with the power of the Holy Spirit, and the believers' lives were changed, and they were given the power and the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of telling others about Jesus. In fact, that's what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, before he ascended. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. Not just localized, but globalized. That the church was to spread across the entire world. Pentecost is something that is celebrated in many churches today. Unfortunately, many churches and many denominations will celebrate today as the birthday of the church. They will celebrate it as something in the past, something that is trapped in history, that really has no present day purpose They will deny the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Many churches try to negate speaking in tongues, prophecy, and present-day moves of the Spirit. Many churches will even deny the fact that God can speak to you in a personal way in your heart, as many of you in this room have experienced on an ongoing basis in your life. Guys, I am... uh, I am not, I'm not a denominational flag-waving type of guy. If you know me, you, you know that about me. I believe in the body of Christ as a whole. I, uh, I'm working with a ministry right now uh, out of Atlanta. Macedonian ministry is the, the title of that ministry. I'm working with them. And what it is, is it's renewing pastors and local churches cross denominational lines. So this is near and dear to my heart. I want to see God move across denominational lines. I want to see God move in a powerful way. In fact, I remember uh, at, before the, the, the oil boom here in Watford City, uh, we were praying at our church here, and, and my wife had a dream. And she had a dream that, that God was moving in such a powerful way that he was pouring out his spirit in a powerful way. And the fact was that, that not just our church was completely full, but she says it was as if God took her church to church to church in our whole city and each of the churches filled to capacity because God was moving in such a powerful way. You see, guys, I, I'm not a flag-waving denominational type guy. But I want you to understand something very clearly this morning. This is an Assembly of God church, and we are purely 100% Pentecostal. What does that mean? Well, let's, let's explain it, because the reality of it is, is we have had a melting pot of a lot of people from many different denominations that have come here, and, and they come to the church, and they experience God in a, in a new and fresh way, and that's exciting and great, but what does it mean to be Pentecostal? And this morning, I, I, I want to talk to you, because if there was a title for my message this morning, this would probably be it. There is something about this thing called Pentecost. There is something in this thing called Pentecost. You see, I believe this morning that there is something special about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe that that incredible power happens with the infilling of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. And guys, the life of the Spirit is not something that is just cognitive. 
You see, we've tried to experience, we've tried to explain this Bible cognitively with our brain. But the reality of it is the life of the Spirit is lived through experiencing the presence of God on a daily basis. It's not cognitive, it's experiential as well. You see, guys, there is something in this thing called Pentecost. While mainline denominational churches right now are are struggling, the Pentecostal church around the world is absolutely exploding as we speak. Many churches that discredit this Pentecostal experiences are closing churches on a daily basis. I have sat in rooms full of pastors from multiple denominations, and the feeling in that room is absolute hopelessness for the future of the church. Absolute hopelessness. Their congregations are filled with many people that are very aged, clutching to the past. Guys, I want you to understand that there is something in this thing called Pentecost. Now, many of the statistics that I want to share with you this morning are are, are from the Assemblies of God because that's who we are, but but Assemblies of God churches are not the only Pentecostal churches. There are many other churches that believe in in the Spirit of God moving and active uh, on, on an on a daily basis in a believer's life. So I don't want to say that, <clears throat> that we're, we've cornered the market on this. I just want to say that we're involved in what God is doing around the world. Right now, I want you to understand that somewhere on the planet, every 21 seconds, someone comes to know Jesus and an assembly of God preaching point. Every 21 seconds. In the amount of time that I will preach this morning, there will be many people that have already come to know Jesus Christ every 21 seconds. In fact, right now around the world, there are more Assembly of God churches than there are McDonald's. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. In countries where it's illegal to talk about Jesus Christ and have a church, there's a McDonald's. Think about it this way. The fact of the matter is, and this is documented, Pastor Chad looked this up, it's documented that there are not just more Assembly of God churches than McDonald's, there are 10 times more Assembly of God churches than there are McDonald's around the world. Absolutely staggering. Every single day on the planet, God is doing something powerful, new, and fresh. He is touching people's lives in a powerful way. It's absolutely amazing. Amazing. Begin to search some of the statistics of what God is doing in foreign countries right now. It is incredible. To be honest with you guys, the bottom line is this. America, which once led the pack, is now falling drastically behind. In fact, in 1914, when the Assemblies of God began, in 1914, the Assemblies of God was never created to be a denomination. It wasn't made to be like a group of churches. What it was, was it was a bunch of people from different denominations that had been touched by God in a powerful way, and what they wanted to do is they began an organization that was going to reach the world for Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. In 1914, 100% of the Assemblies of God 
was based in America, and their goal was to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 2014, move 100 years later, only 5% of Assembly of God people are from America right now. 95% are overseas. Africa is in a massive revival right now, guys. Over one in four people claim to be a Christian today in Africa. This country, the, the continent that we have been sending missionaries to for years and years and years. God is moving. There is something in this thing called Pentecost. There truly is. Guys, just in the last 45 years, there has been a powerful move of the Spirit. In the last 45 years, in 1970, how many, how many, um, how many were alive in 1970? Just raise your hand. Okay, that's good. Excellent. So you are a part of this. You have all experienced this in your lifetime. Since 1970, in the last 45 years, the Pentecostal church has exploded. It was documented in 1970 that there were 63 million people that considered themselves Pentecostal, that would check a box and say, I am Pentecostal. 44 years later, 631 million, or excuse me, yes, 631 million people over 10 times. The Pentecostal movement has grown 10 times in the last 44 years. God is doing something today in his church. There is something about this thing called Pentecost. Guys, a lot of the the mainline things that you read about the church dying in America, and there's so many people checking the box, none, they're no longer, they don't, aren't affiliated with church, that kind of thing. A lot of the, the press that you read are from mainline Christian denominations where they're saying the church is dying. And listen, in America, mainline church is dying at a rapid rate, a rapid rate. But guys, there are still people that are believing in the move of the Spirit and God is touching people's lives in a powerful way. There are still churches, many of them Pentecostal otherwise, that are growing, that are seeing people's lives touched and changed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's happening, guys. Even, even this church here uh, began in the mid-1970s, and from what I understand, it was considered the weird, holy roller, tongue-talking church south of town, in which one person said, we don't need another institution But God has used this church to impact thousands, if not ten thousands of lives since that first day of inception. He has seen thousands and thousands of people walk through the doors, see their lives touched and changed and sent off somewhere else. And this church now is a respected part of this community. It is well looked at. It is healthy, thriving, growing body of believers. I'm here this morning to tell you guys that there is something in this thing called Pentecost. Ed Stetzer, writing for Christianity Today, who is not a Pentecostal, said about Pentecostal churches, he says, I wouldn't downplay what's in the engine. You don't care for some of their expression, that's fine, but Pentecostals are trying to reach the lost and grow the kingdom. Their distinctive Their distinctives apparently aren't hindering their growth. Their distinctives are propelling growth globally. 
Guys, I want us to look at the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. And this morning, I want to have opportunity for people that you say, you know what, Pastor Sheldon, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or I want an empowering of the Holy Spirit to live my Christian life on a daily basis. I want to live a life that is full of the Spirit of God. And at the close of our service, we're going to have time to pray for that this morning. And, and we're not, if, if you're uncomfortable with that, I know, like I said, we're, we're a melting pot here at the church, and if you're uncomfortable with that, that's okay. We're, no one's going to force you to do anything. This is if, you're, if God is tugging at your heart and you're saying, you know what, I want, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, uh, we're going we're gonna to pray for you today. Guys, let's turn in Acts chapter 19. Uh, I want us to look at, at an account in Acts chapter 19, uh, verses 1 through 7, and it's an interesting account here about the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to read all the way through this section here. In Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7, it says this. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Say several believers. That's important later. Verse 2. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said John's baptism called people uh, for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who came later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Now, many evangelical churches today believe that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, which is true. It's true uh, biblically. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 22 says, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. In Acts 19.2 here, it says, Paul asked the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? There's a slight dilemma here. Were these people believers? Were these people believers? Yeah, verse 1, right? We said it together. They're believers. Back it up to verse 1, David. Could you do that for me? Okay, at the end here, where he found several believers. These are people who are Christian. They love love the Lord. Uh, Go to verse 2. It says, so then, the dilemma is here, so they had received the Holy Spirit at salvation, but there was more to this empowered life than just receiving Jesus at salvation. If there was not more, then Paul's statement makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't make sense here. If you believe, you get the Holy Spirit. So it it contradicts itself if there was not more beyond salvation. There must be something else that was being offered here. Paul was offering them the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They were believers in Jesus. They would be baptized in water. Paul would lay his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit would come. And it says that they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. When Paul asked the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He is asking a very powerful question. And this is the question he's asking, or the statement he's making, excuse me. 
He says this, the statement is that if you have received the Holy Spirit, you will know it. You will know it, right? Because Paul is asking them, saying here, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Then that would connotate a yes or no answer, right? Yes, we have, or no, we haven't. I really feel like this statement here is declaring or expressing that Paul was saying, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are filled with this Holy Spirit here. So as you are here, it's undeniable. So this morning, if I were to ask you today, have you received the Holy Spirit? How would you answer me? You would look in your own life and you would say, is there something that necessitates or shows me that I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And what is that? This is the definition, many, many definitions uh, of being Pentecostal. This is what the general definition is. It is an understanding that there is a definite experience with the Holy Spirit to be sought and enjoyed after conversion that is different from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which starts when you first believe. And this second experience is signified by speaking in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues is, sounds really weird and, and people look at it as really odd and things like that. But here, I, I, wa- I don't want us to focus on necessarily the, the tongues, okay? What I want us to focus on this morning is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have been filled. So I'm hoping that you guys, when you think about tongues, there are many people that think, oh man, that's really kind of weird and out there, and people that speak in tongues are really odd and stuff like that. Um, that's what people think. But you know what? I want you to understand that, that speaking in tongues was a common occurrence in this book here called the Bible, and, uh, and it's something that I believe that everyday believers here in, in the local church uh, not only should be, but, but are encouraged to to um, be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and speak in other tongues. I pray in tongues more than I pray in English when I pray. And uh, I believe that it's, a, it's a, a supernatural connection with God when God is pouring out His Spirit in a powerful way in, in our hearts and lives. And uh, I want us to not be afraid of this. If there's some way that I can encourage you guys not to be you know, standoffish or it was something that was very, very... Um, it happened often in the early church. It happened continuously, uh, and, and God wants to continue to pour into our lives in a special way. It says that when Paul laid hands on the believers, they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There was a way to know that you had, been, you had received the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 8, I just want to jump to this one just really quick. In Acts chapter 8, there is just a, a sliver of something that's really important about the Holy Spirit here. It is, um, it's really cool, actually. In, there was a really odd circumstance here that there was a guy that wanted to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. When, when the people laid hands on someone and, and the Holy Spirit came on them, there was a guy who was kind of watching this, and he said, hey, could I give you money and you teach me how to baptize people in the Holy Spirit? And, uh, and that didn't go over so well. And this, but this is the verse here that uh, you can read on later. We're just going to see something here in Acts chapter 8, verse 18. It says this. When Simon, the guy that was wanting to buy this, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. When we look at this, we see that there was something that happened when, when the, 
the apostles were laying hands on people and, and, and they were doing this, when they were laying hands on people, Simon could look and see that there was something happening. There was something going on. Does that mean that it was outside or inside the work was going on? If it was inside, it was both, yes. In, in the inside, there was something that they couldn't see. Simon couldn't see if there was internally something happening. But what he did was he saw something physical. He could tell that there was something going on in the believer's life. And guys, I believe that what, what Simon saw in that moment, and there were people that would dispute this back and forth, but I really believe that what Simon saw were people were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in tongues and prophesying is what was happening. It doesn't specifically say it here, but I believe it's implied. And so we see that there was an outward work of the Holy Spirit in someone's life. So there must be something physical. It wasn't just internal, as we see throughout the Scripture. So, guys, I just... Like I said before, this is something that God wanted the early church to have. He wants the local church to have it today as well. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. But the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for a person to speak in tongues. I know that's really odd. But really, it's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live a consistent, daily, on-fire, passionate life for Jesus Christ, reaching other people with the gospel. That's what it's for. Yeah, you can clap. That's okay. All right. Because remember, when we talked about when Pentecost was moving early in 1914, it was never designed to be a closed faction of people just sitting in a room speaking in tongues. That wasn't the purpose. The purpose was the fact that it said, we are going out into the world with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and we are going to see the world one to Jesus Christ. That was what it was for. And I believe that that was the same reason in the book of Acts as well. That was what it was for. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, there is something in this thing called Pentecost. So this is what I'd like to do here today. Rachel, if you wouldn't mind coming to the keyboard this morning. What we're going to do, I want this zero pressure. I don't want it to feel awkward in any way. Pentecostals, unfortunately, have the, um, they have the reputation of being very weird. You know what? It doesn't, being baptized in the Holy Spirit does not have to be weird in any way. It doesn't have to be crazy or out of control. The Bible says that things are supposed to be done in order in the church. So this is what we're going to be doing today. This is not going to be something that, that, that it's going to get wild or out of control or anything like that. But you know what? If God is stirring in your heart this morning and you want more of the Lord, more of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you're just saying in your heart, you know what? I want more of God. And what we're going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to tie up the service this morning. Okay. And we're, we're going to close in prayer. And, and we're not really going to close. But I'm going to allow anyone that is saying, you know what, I need to leave now and you'd like to go, you're going to be dismissed. We're going to close the back doors. We'd ask that you would just keep your visiting to the, to the outside of the doors. But you know what, if you're hungry for God, and for more of God this morning, if you're in a place in your life where you say, you know what, I am really hungry for the things of God. The Bible says that those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Also in the book of Hebrews, it says that 
he rewards those who diligently seek him. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn this whole room into the upper room where we're just hungering after God and we're just saying, Lord, we just want you to move in a powerful way in our lives and we're going to begin to seek God. I've already prepped the children's workers that, that there might be some parents that, are, that run a little bit longer and, and maybe don't get to their kids right away. They're going to take care of them. They're going to do a good job. But this morning, this is what I want us to do. If you want more of God this morning and you want to receive something from God in a, in a powerful way today, what I'd like you to do is when I've closed in prayer, I'd like you to get up from your seat and begin to come down here and we're going to begin to pray. You can stand or you can kneel in the altar area here and we're just going to begin to hunger after God together. Would you guys be willing to do that? And then you know what? If it, There are going to be some people that maybe in a few minutes after you've just spent some time with the Lord, they're just going to come and they're just going to lay a hand on your shoulder and they're just going to pray that God would fill you with the Holy Spirit and that God would, would just pour into your life in a powerful way. Okay? So here's the thing. Let's not, let's not get concerned about all of the other things that we, we kind of get concerned about, um, like, like tongues and all of those kind of things. What we're saying is we want more of God. And if tongues is, is real and for today, it's going to happen. People's lives are going to be touched and that's going to be a byproduct, okay? But we're not searching after tongues. We're searching after God, okay? That's what we're going for. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to close in prayer or, or we're going to draw an aside here just for a moment. And we're going to allow, uh, if, if you want to quietly slip out, you need to go somewhere, that's fine. But otherwise, if you want to come forward or, or whatever, if you want... To, uh, to just be hungry for God. Let's just do that in this room, okay? So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I just know that, God, there was a time in my life um, that you, you not just saved me, but you gave me a special gift to, to connect with you on a special way. And God, I'm just praying, Lord Jesus, that you would continue to fill me this morning, that you would continue to fill me and continue to fill each person in this room, God, that, Lord, you would continue that hunger inside of their hearts today. God, we want to see a modern-day move of your Holy Spirit. That is our heart's desire. We want to see people come to know you, Lord Jesus. We want to see people touched. We want to see people's lives changed. So this morning, God, as we focus in on you, we're asking, Lord, that, God, you would move. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Even as we sang that this morning, we invite you, Holy Spirit, in this place to come and fill and touch and move in people's lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. If you want more of God this morning, if you just want to come forward right now, we're just going to begin to hunger and thirst after him. Don't be, don't be afraid. Just come on up. Come on up and just begin to, to, to pray. And we're just going to hunger after him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to worship him today. Just begin to praise him.